All right, we're going to jump straight in. Welcome to today's episode. Today I have a special guest, Jessica Ann. And before I go ahead with any anything, I'm just going to get Jessica to give a little bit of an introduction to who she is and what she does. So pleasure to be here. Very excited to dive into this conversation with you. Uh, my name is Jessica Ann. I am a spiritual mentor and business coach. And in terms of what I do, it's really about connecting people back into the heart of their own power. So a lot of the ways that I work with people in that respect is in through magic, through energetics, through business. And it's really about allowing you to step into the full power of your expression and have to have agency and ownership all over all the layers of self so that you can have the best and most fulfilling life that you could possibly have. I love it. That was such a good introduction. With Before we go into everything, because I see magic with a K and Jessica with a K. Could you tell me about that and and why and what it means? So it was really funny because if you're new to my work, uh, which I assume some of your people will be, uh, I operate a lot of the way that I do things shamanically. So a lot of it's very intuitive and I'll get insights and bits and pieces around my business. I'll get insights and piece, pieces around my life. I'll definitely talk about a few of those stories. But I had it in my field for a while that my name needed to change. Mm. Uh, which was interesting. I remember when that landed for me, I was like, okay, that's interesting. I've got a really strong hit that my name is going to change. And I was sitting there and I was waiting for some radical revelation of this name change. I'm like, well, you know, I've been Jessica my whole life. What's going to happen? And literally it hit me one day that I need to put a K in my name Mm. because there was a million and one Jessica Ann's out there. And it was just like, well, how do I distinguish myself as a brand? Because, you know, business perspective, like it makes sense. But in terms of the resonance and the alignment with what it is that I'm here to do, I was like, oh, of course, the K after the C makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Particularly when we consider the context of magic with a K. Mm-hmm. So um, magic with a K to give you guys a little bit of context was something that was first adopted by magicians in the Victorian era to distinguish it from stage magic. Mm. So obviously we've got magic pulling a rabbit out of a hat, sawing a lady in half, which you <laughs> see, whereas magic with a K is where we're actually starting to communicate and to work with these unseen intangible forces to start creating those, those changes in our lives and to manifest things and to create change. Oh, I love that. That's so cool. It's, it's like so on brand and it makes it, it's so such a synchronicity that you have the opportunity to, to put the K in there after a C in your name as well. Like so cool. Um, so another thing that I wanted to talk about, I came across you through Laura Grady, who was my mentor and she interviewed you on her podcast and the thing that stuck out for me, which I loved because my my music was really my portal into everything, into everything, magic or manifestation and, and shadow work and all of this stuff. You said something, well, first it was the punk rock priestess and then you had it, but we can go into this point later because I want to touch on this as well. You mentioned how you've had some of your most spiritual experiences in the mosh pit which I was just like fuck yes because like it's just obviously with duality and everything embodying all aspects of self some people might see as it being very contradicting to be like a punk and be a spiritual person 
which I just, I like, I love having all these sides and being such like a contradiction. So I saw that in you and I felt like it was so exciting. So I'd love to know what, for people that don't know, what is punk rock priestess? So I obviously listened to the episode with Laura, so you had the context for people mm-hmm. listening. Um, the punk rock priestess, again, was an intuitive hit that I got back mm-hmm. in 2020. It's like, oh, you're the punk rock priestess. Originally it was a paradox. Uh, which is interesting when you're talking about the duality and the pieces around that. I was like, interesting, this punk rock priestess came through and I was like, I don't know, it feels like a lot. But it's this understanding of when I was introducing what it is that I do in the beginning, like punk rock is very much about autonomy. It is about agency. It's about this Mm. this ownership of of expression and power. Mm. And it's also about reform. Like if you think about the heart of the punk rock movement, it was very much about this piece of, of raising raising the all everybody up all together it's like you know mm-hmm. we are going to rise as a tide and bring everybody up with us so punk rock as an ethos is actually very much about the same things that a lot of the new age movement purports to be about it's this idea of, of coming together the power of your people recognize mm-hmm. your own personal autonomy so for me i'm like oh of course punk rock makes sense and that's where a lot of my i guess my initiation into a lot of things came from as well was through music yeah and um, the priestess archetype is about that, that being that pure channel, connecting in with that the higher dimension of self and allowing yourself to be of service to that and the expression of that in the world. So, and the combination of the two, as you say, it's the meeting of the sides, it's this seeming contradiction, but ultimately it comes together and to be reconciled as this paradox of mm. autonomy and service. Yeah, it's like... Like the high priestess in tarot is very inner feminine and very creative and and very, you you know, inner feminine. And then you can see the punk attitude is very rebellious and almost masculine as well. So it's like having that balance with the two. I love it. So cool. And so do you, you channel the names of everything that you, that you do in your business, right? Like courses and masterminds and things like that. You, it will just drop in for you. Yes. So essentially I'm always being initiated into the medicine that's wanting to work with me. So mm. um, in terms of it dropping in, it's, it's very much a, still an active process. It's not like occasionally I'll be gifted and things will just land. Yeah. It was like, oh, you're doing this now. This is going to go <clears> over <throat> here. But for me, the way that I've engaged in this process is very much me emptying and showing up for these things to, to want to be able to work with me. So it's just like, mm. okay, in the shamanic principles, it's this idea that everything has consciousness, which as if when I first heard it expressed that way, I'm like, oh, of course, this mm-hmm. makes so much sense to what I've been experiencing. Everything in the world is mm-hmm. is alive and has its own expression. So why wouldn't your business, why wouldn't courses, why wouldn't programs mm-hmm. have this innate intelligence that's accessible? So for me, it's really about, okay, who am I in relationship with? What am I in relationship with? How is that desiring to be expressed? So this is how, yeah, I pulled the names through because there is things desiring relationship. Yeah. So it's like your, your business is its own separate entity and you're working yes. with that entity or even like a course or, or something else. Like you're working with that, which is really, really cool. Did you say before, um, I can't remember the sentence you said, but you said something interesting. Well, maybe I misheard it, that it's a process of emptying. Is that what you said? Yes. What do you mean by that? Clearing your vessel? 
so clearing the vessel is one piece, but it's mm-hmm. the um, idea of being able to uh, res- be receptive. Yeah. Because particularly when we are wanting to create relationship, it'd be like dating. If you've ever gone through a period where you've gone with a checklist of who you want your person to be, <laughs> yep. nine times <laughs> nine times out of ten, the person you're going to end up with is going to be a radical departure from that, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say you cross your own boundaries, but it's often it's just like the things that are wanting to find us find sharp and mysterious ways. So mm-hmm. we've come into this process of creating relationship with our business and, and you know, calling in what wants to happen next. If we're going in with this paradigm of this is what it must look like, this is what it must be, we're not empty, we're full. So how are we meant to create mm-hmm. space for anything new to come in? Mm, yeah, so it's like decluttering on in in like an energetic way as well i mean in on all levels but closing those loops but even emptying your expectations of how it will come through and just being a lot more open yeah i love that so much yeah i'm definitely in a decluttering phase in on in my mind and and on a physical level as well which is really cool because i know when you create that spaciousness it, it gives you so much room to receive a lot more so that's really cool i loved how you worded it that way <laughs> the emptying it's um, just, i think it's how you relate to it for me it's like you know am i being empty or am i being full because if i have mm. no space it's just going to keep pouring out yeah yeah that's really really cool i love that yeah like the language around that so going back to the mosh pit spiritual experiences in the mosh pit i fucking love this so much could you go into this and was that your your you know when you have like that initial kind of i don't know initiation into like this world was that an initiation for you i think music has been a gateway for me because i grew up i think i'm naturally quite auditory i experience a lot through listening and through hearing and music has always been an ally like it's been a friend for as long as I can remember like you know in the parts like I grew up in the country always being a bit more of an alternative strange kind of kid like you know music was like oh that's right I'm not alone uh there are people out there that feel like me that express like me that dress dress like how I desire to express myself so in that respect music was always like an ally and that's like hey like there are other people that share these ideas too but um in terms of like initiation I think uh, music has taken me to places that I would not have got to on my own for sure. Mm-hmm. Like experiencing yeah. states through music. Yeah, yeah. And trance like kind of states, right? Yeah. Trance for sure. And music also taught me a little bit more about, um, I guess, the psychic senses, the things that mm. exist beyond ordinary perception. Uh, because I've been gifted with a audio visual kinesth- um, synesthesia. So I can see sound. Yes. So my producer I work with, he's got synesthesia. So we talk in colours when we're making music. Yes. So you'd be perfect to make music with because I I, I don't have it, but I can, I feel it and I I can talk it. I can talk colour. But yours, that is such a gift. So I think having that was like, you know, again, like a little bit of a a foot Mm. in the door to this idea of like, well, I'm experiencing something that people tell me doesn't exist yeah that you can't see sound like but I do. Mm. so <laughs> do you see people in because when i would ask my producer what color i was i would think in my mind i'm pink yellow and blue 
and he told me I'm pink, yellow, and blue. Do you see color in other people in like an, like an aura kind of way? It's been really been interesting. I've been reading this book lately um, called Subtle Energy by Keith Miller. Because mm. I love listening to the way that different people express their, their mm. concept of energy. Again, because it, it is can be so subjective. Like the way that you experience energy and aura can be totally different to the way I experience energy and aura. Mm -hmm. um, so I would actually agree with you in that. I think that there are baseline frequencies, baseline colors that kind of resonate with who we are, like on an mm. essential level. Uh, and I also think that depending on our, our emotional state, what we're vibrating at, what we're, what we're journeying at that yeah. specific time and the environment, our aura can appear so different. Mm -hmm. um, so that for me is I think if I can sense into someone on an essential level, I'm like, yeah, for sure. I feel like there's those colors that exist. Mm. And I think the aura on a day-to-day -day basis is always moving, always in flux. Yeah, 100% because it, frequencies can be colors as well. So obviously our vibrations always changing we're not always high vibe and so that's so 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 cool i with with the whole kind of you've got like that spiritual connection with music do you feel because as a, a songwriter and as an artist and someone that <clears throat> tends to sometimes need music or acting to to get into my body because i can sometimes be a little bit ungrounded i might use music to to channel and to connect to the the super conscious do you feel like you get your super conscious powers through art and through music i feel that there it's it's such a relationship and the more tools i gather the more i realize there's just so many different pathways and mm. different pathways will speak to me at different times so i can say like when i was talking about some of my most spiritual experiences being in mosh pits like i think that there is states of you know pure gnosis ecstasis those points where we are vibrating in a frequency we can connect into other levels of, of being other dimensions of being you know mm -hmm. that can be one channel other mm -hmm. times i need complete darkness and silence to to access that place in myself so i think it's like yes that's why i love the fact you talked about the fact you have your art you have your music and there is also going to be these other points and other channels where you're going to experience yourself through mm -hmm. other mediums mm -hmm. but art for me has always been I think it's almost like a, a low risk, beautiful way of cultivating intimacy with self. It's like, it's the dialogue. Yeah, I love the low risk part. That's, that's so cool. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's like, I feel it, it, in, in my opinion, I'm, I've started to, to myself, it's not like I have talked about it too much, but I see my music creation is like shadow music and I feel like I've mostly integrated my shadow through music and through acting as well, especially in characters and knowing that I'm not playing a character, but I'm just activating different parts of myself and noticing what triggers me. Even with music, I remember I wrote a line once and it was so triggering. I didn't want anyone to see that, blah, blah, blah. It's just like such a shortcut to know where you need to integrate on like a shadow level as well and even people that reject certain music and lyrics and stuff like that it's such an invitation i just i love that about art and that's why yeah everything has got an artistic flair with what i do and i kind of yeah i see how how you've tapped into that magic for sure. And like when I talked about low risk, it's like it's such a deep form of intimacy, but I feel like there can almost be a 
you can take a step back when it's your creative expression. Mm. I think that's that that space that creates it to be a little bit more low risk than when we go deep diving into the self, you know, like we're taking an excavator to the most intimate parts. Mm. Whereas if you can give it an avenue and give it some space through yeah. you know, art, through music or whatever it is, that's often where you can tap into those really intimate places without it needing to feel like you're exposed as much. Yes, because your ego is a little bit separated because you can always revert back to, oh, that's just a song. Like it's just a song. Um, <laughs> but, and, and people, other people might look at it. You, you, you can kind of hide behind it a little bit. <laughs> like I could express my truest self in, in a scene and then be like, yeah, like that was me acting, <laughs> but that is real pain or real rage or real hurt or whatever. That's such, such a cool, and it gives you, you the ability to kind of soften your ego and then still go through the healing process without being so, I think what it is, it's the shame's transmuted while you're using it for creativity. Yes, exactly. Mm. Like I think about um, Maynard Keenan from Tool mm-hmm. when he talks about how mm. Tool's music has evolved over time. Mm. And like a lot of people talk about how Tool today sounds so different to when they started. You know, there were so, I guess, you know, the expression was a lot more raw and a lot more visceral. I guess some yeah. people would label that angry. And he said, well, if I'm still sounding that exact same way after 20 years of making music, the music didn't work. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because we're, we're doing it to, like transcend ourselves and our like access different levels and stuff like that so if you're still stuck yeah i love that so much and it's why people's sound changes with tool they're just fucking nuts like they use like sacred geometry in their writing they use like maths and stuff like i've seen videos but it, it trips me out but i'm fascinated but music is mass but what's that all about so it's actually funny that you say this. One of my best friends is an absolute tool nut. So I'm just like, you know, if he listens to this episode, he'll probably be like, no, you got that wrong. Um, but <laughs> uh, I think for them, it's just that that idea of being able to gather the tools. Like how can we work with all these dimensions of self that are available, all these maps for accessing different frequencies in consciousness mm. and embed that into music? Because I think music at its very nature is a way that we access consciousness. It's mm. this, it's a frequency that directly vibrates in the body. Mm. So if we're embedding different frequencies within the frequency, what's mm-hmm. possible? So I think for them, it's always that exploration of how many layers deeper can we take the work of frequency? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely, moving forward in, in producing music, want to add subliminal message and stuff. I've got some, uh, one song with like Sanskrit, which I think is cool, but to even add that, just have like subliminal messages and like different, yeah, frequencies, so cool. And and there there are particular things that you can do that have that, um, going back to the trance thing, there are particular things you can do with beats and stuff like that, that can get people into that state. Like how crazy, how crazy like I love talking about that it's so cool um so with with all the magic stuff going going into the witchy kind of shit do you <laughs> well firstly do you identify as a witch yes 
and it's like it's one of those ones it's just like yes and um i think it's one of those ones where which comes along with the preconception of all the things that that means and is yes. layered and coded uh, which is why i use that word mm-hmm. because i think it's one of those ones where um it, it immediately creates an image in people's minds yeah and when you mentioned about shadow, like for me, shadow transmutation, shadow integration, all mm-hmm. those things for me are really what's at my heart. Yeah. And I think that the witch as an archetype is the one that's willing to go to those places. Mm. So yeah. that's one of the reasons I use the term witch and I identify with it. Yeah, well, I, d- I definitely identify with, with with witch. I didn't think, I I was assuming that you would say yes, but without the and. <laughs> But that's because of the kind of what, what's depicted with witch over the years is like, you know, the the warts and the cauldron and like the evilness or whatever. I do you, do you have the same belief? I, I kind of have this belief that all women are witches and that they all were in one past life or another. Do you believe, believe that to be true as well or do you feel like it's, not everyone not everyone can activate like their inner witch i really do feel it's important to listen to the archetypes that speak to you i think mm-hmm. if you if the witch speaks to you and there is like a a natural frequency match um i believe everyone can access magic that's one thing that i yep. universally believe to be true i believe if you have the inclination there are pathways for you to connect with you know yep. those those intuitive extrasensory relationships with with the you know other people, with plants, with nature, mm. um, with manifestation, whatever it is that you feel called to, and I think that it's important to to honor how that shows up for you. Like I have a friend that um, she is a hundred percent a fairy. Like, yeah, you know, I feel like I'm a fairy too. <laughs> <laughs> she's like I'm like I don't know whether or not she's a witch, but she's a fairy. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like when I feel into the frequency match, and like of course she does magic. And she's a fairy. Okay, well, I resonate with being a witch, a fairy, and a mermaid very strongly. <laughs> but maybe I'm just selfish and I just, but I, I really strongly resonate. <laughs> I think mermaid is another one archetype that I really manif- I resonate with as well. And I remember mm-hmm. one of my old mentors said to me that we really should pay attention to the figures that spoke to us as children mm. because they will often reveal to us some of our superpowers. And for me, if I think about the context of the mermaid, the mermaid, again, is another archetype that excavates from the deep. So if you're someone that is very mm. comfortable with with going deep into places, mm-hmm. like that is the archetype of the mermaid. Yeah. So I think the fairy, in terms of like what that represents, it's the joyfulness, it's the lightness. You know? mm. So I think you 100% can be all three. And it's the mm. idea that, you know, certain frequencies will speak more to you than others. Like mm. I'm probably not as much of a fairy person. I love fairy mm-hmm. people. But I think, you yeah, know, definitely mermaid and witch would probably do mm. two archetypes that, that I resonate with more. Well, they're both quite deep, right, yes. and emotional. That's so cool. With with the archetypes, I did your archetype quiz. So did you create that? Yes, I did. So cool. How how and, and, and why? I got the enchantress. When I, <laughs> I, I did actually see that pop through before because I checked my emails. I was like, oh, oh, hello. <laughs> um, so... How did I create that? So from having lots of conversations with entrepreneurs. Mm. So it was one of those things for me where I was like, one of my big things, which 
I mentioned briefly at the start is I really want people to support, like to get into their own expression. Mm. So you will have your unique thing that you are here to bring. And I believe every single person on this planet has a note to contribute to the symphony of life. Yeah. When you are playing your note, when you're playing, when you're playing your instrument, like you are contributing to, to the natural order of this symphony that we're all part of. Right. Mm. So part of why I created the archetype quiz is just like, Hey, this is, this is the part in the orchestra you're playing right now. And this is how you can lean into allowing that to really flourish and to manifest. Mm. So that was the tool that I wanted to give people when I created that archetype quiz so that they could say like, Hey, you can be successful and yourself. The two don't need to exist independently. Yeah. Yeah instead of like borrowing someone else's formula i mean i ha- i even hate i don't even like using the word, using someone else's formula when that might not be the way that you do things um you personally with how you operate in business with magic and i i could be wrong here but when i think about magic i i feel like it's very intuitive it's very like channeling messages it's very feminine. Do you feel like you um, you lead with your feminine or do you channel through using your feminine through mas- ma- magic how to utilise like your masculine energy and your structure, if that makes sense? For sure. I think you've actually nailed it with that latter part. Yeah. So <laughs> I had a really successful business before this one, which was mm-hmm. very masculine-led. Uh, it was this idea of like, you know, I followed the formula. I followed the conventional model for success. The business grew. I got all of the things that I was meant to want, mm. thought I wanted. And I got there and I felt very unfulfilled. What kind of um, business was it? So it was in the fitness world. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. So I used to be a personal trainer and a nutrition coach. Yeah, I've done that too. <laughs> it's very masculine. It, it, it can be. It's a very masculine world. And I think the way that I approached the business as well was very masculine. Mm. So, you know, so yeah, I got everything, you know, I was turning clients away that I was that busy. Everything was automated. Mm. And I got there and I was like, okay, this this is really not what I thought it was going to be. Uh, mm. I feel kind of let down and disillusioned. So then it was like back to the drawing board in terms of, right, how do I actually want to relate to business how do I want to feel in my business and if I think about the things that have always made me feel really excited like much like yourself I am a creative at heart like if I don't feel like I actually have a channel for my creativity within mm-hmm. what it is that I'm doing I feel like I'm stifling a portion portion of myself so creativity yeah. has to come in and for me the relationship with the mystery and being okay with the unknown mm-hmm. and creating a relationship with I call it what wants to happen I feel like you know that that symphony of life like I feel that there are unique roles and things that we are called to play Mm. and I wanted to create a relationship with that like I love nothing more than to be surprised by my own intuition it's like it's a little kink that I have like when something works out I'll be like oh yeah you need to work with this specific crystal like I'll get it a name clear as day and I'll look the crystal up and I'll be like oh it's for this I'm like oh of course it is it's just like I still love the surprise whereas if I think you're going to be so strategic so systemized so automated it just takes the surprise out of it where's the joy where's the playfulness um so in that respect like I lead from that space like what wants to happen how can I continue to be surprised and to grow with that? 
as well as, of course, running something that's going to support me and be sustainable. So that's where I, I work with the intuitive knowledge to be like, right, what structures and systems are going to support this vision to land in the physicality and sustain itself? Love that so much because I feel like it can be very exciting at the start of like the your intuitive journey or your manifestation journey to be be in your feminine and drop drop some of that but then if you if the pendulum swings too far that way then you're just like floating around and there's like nothing grounding you down or yeah like no structure and stuff so i was curious to ask that and i was like oh i bet you just channel how the structure works best for you do you feel like manifestation and magic is the same thing or do you think magic is has a little bit more room for as i see science um manifesting manifestation can be broken down um and explained scientifically do you feel like magic is the same or do you think it has a little bit of that extra that extra juice that extra mystery that is the unexplainable the more exciting things I think manifestation, like the reason I use the term magic, it's like it's the mm-hmm. biggest umbrella I could find. Like yeah. you know, it's one of those ones where like how can I fit all of this stuff into a box? It's like, you know, that I could put a handle on and carry around with me. So mm-hmm. I think that manifestation exists within the realms of magic. It's like yeah. in terms of when we work with uh, magic, often the goal is manifestation. It's like I want yeah. to manifest. Oh, and another one that I've really loved incorporating into my vocabulary is like, if you want to cross that scientific threshold, there's an idea mm-hmm. of what do I want to select into reality? Ooh. Like you've got that quantum physics kind of nature yes. of things. It's like, yes. well, I'm selecting this into my reality. Jumping onto that timeline. Which timeline do I want to jump onto? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I love that that use of words. It's like, okay, I'm selecting this timeline. So that's, that's the manifestation component of it. But magic, I like because it then goes into the other dimensions of things it's like okay playing Mm. with energetics it's like subtle energy how do we manipulate energy how do we work with energy how do we understand the energy of a space what is that creating how do we tune into that how do we connect with other things like the you mentioned the tarot earlier systems of Mm. divination Mm. like you know how do we start to understand the ecology of something going on like how do we uh, see the unseen dimensions of that Mm-hmm. So these things all begin to exist under this subset of, of magic, you know, the ability to start to communicate telepathically, to sense things. Like these are all those extra facets that exist within magic that manifestation is more like the outcome of. Yes, yes, yeah, 100%. That's so cool. You mentioned like how you, how you can manipulate um, reality and stuff and, and the manipulation in that context is is a good form of of manipulation like anything hypnosis that's all manipulation do you think that's why some people fear magic is because they're they're fearful of how things could be manipulative um negatively because i know there's a lot of people that are really fearful of crystals and tarot and i'm not really sure why if it's a religious thing or if it's some sort of past life fear of witches thing or if it's just like i'm scared of anything that's unknown to me I feel there is like definitely what you've touched on. There is dogma that exists mm. around um, what is and isn't uh, pure. Yeah. So I think that that word of, of purity and um, of uh, even, you know, if you think about the idea of things that need to settle in the mind, if I can make sense of this in my mind, like, this doesn't make sense to my mm. mind, so it's a threat. 
Yeah. Um, so I think there are, there are layers and definitely the witch wound is a thing. Like yeah. often you'll find the people that are quite scared of magic often were persecuted for it in a past life yes, or an yes. alternate timeline. So yeah, it's a, it's a big, it's a big web. Like, you know, it's just the, it doesn't make sense to me intellectually. It threatens my identity. Mm-hmm. There is something that I'm remembering from a previous lifetime or previous timeline that's creating mm-hmm. that not being safe, mm-hmm. uh, religious dogma as well. Like, you know, that's, that's of the devil. Yeah. The devil and the, the purity thing. That was a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So, and like, as you say, with something as innocuous as crystals, like even that same, because, you know, crystals are, are systems of natural magic. They have their own innate mm-hmm. energy fields and the way that they work. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just that that fear of the unknown. Often yeah, and it's, what's... yeah, it's like even really scary if people deep down really want to access magic like they're craving like they're craving it but they reject it because they're so fearful of being disappointed as well so they're like well what if i lean into this and it doesn't work or what if i lean into my my tarot or or, um just believing that magic is real or possible and i get let down and then i just am an idiot what would you suggest for those people that really want to tap into the magic maybe they once had it and they've lost it or and they were tapped into their intuition but they're not having any downloads or pings anymore or they they just are like i don't see how it's possible for me like i want to i just it's not it's it doesn't seem realistic for sure the biggest thing with magic and this is part of why i i chose to speak about it more directly is the idea that we're already always doing magic Mm-hmm. So it's really about creating an environment for you to be able to do it optimally with consciousness. Yeah. So when it, magic can be as simple as where you focus your attention. So if mm-hmm. you're someone that's consuming a bunch of mass media that's, you know, like propagating fear and creating doubt and insecurity, all of those things, that that is a form of magic. Like if you're engaging with that kind of rhetoric. Mm. So it's like being able to guard yourself against things that are going to be creating more fear in your life. Like that's one step in the direction of being able to open yourself to to be more in your own frequency and not being yeah. as uh, suggestible. So that's one layer. Sorry, I feel like you want to ask a question. No, 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 no. I'm like, um, I, I really want to know the next layer. <laughs> I was just going to ask, <laughs> what is black magic? Is that is that the dark side of things? But I want to, Sorry. I really want to know the next layer of this. Sorry, I don't want to interrupt you. <laughs> So we can definitely pencil, like uh, we can bookmark black magic and come back to that. Um, <laughs> yeah. But in terms of, so understand you are a magical being. That's first mm-hmm. and foremost. Um, so even if you never, ever decide to actually own that you are, you are, you're here. There's mm-hmm. a one in 500 trillion chance that you were born. Like, come on. Like that's pretty magical that you're even here, right? Mm-hmm. So you are a magical being. You're already doing magic each and every day. When you create something into reality, if you have an idea and you make it happen, that's magic. So in terms of connecting with your intuitive self, biggest thing you can do is time and space for you. Mm. That's like one of the number one things. If you find that you're not getting downloads anymore, you're not getting pings, you're feeling disconnected, mother nature and time for you. Like, you know, and that might be silence. It might be creative expression throw things at the wall until you are surprised because that Mm. is the nature of reconnecting to those frequencies. You will inevitably be surprised. 
Mm, I love that, the nature part. And even just like the idea of allowing yourself to get maybe even a little bored. Like I feel like we don't do that anymore. And it's like, well, nothing's Water coming. It's like, well, you're paddles. filling up every every second of your day. That's what I was talking about with the emptying, right? Like mm. that's that essence of it. If you're not creating space, of course nothing's coming in. You're already full. Yeah. Mm. So have you designed your business so it, it supports this for you with like a, a nice amount of spaciousness? Definitely. For me, that's a non-negotiable. If I ever get to the point that I am overloaded and I'm compromising on the time for me to have space, things will inevitably start to die. Like that's how alive my business is. It's like, mm. hey, you're not doing the things that are actually creating the energy and the frequency that keeps this pulsing and alive. So things are going to have to make, die to make space for you to start listening, for you to start creating connection with what's wanting to happen. Mm, I love that so much. So cool. And there comes an element in there to really trust as well. Um, like I feel like a lot of people won't lean into the emptying because they're not trusting that they'll uh, get anything out of it. So it's like leaning into trusting instead of forcing something out, squeezing something out of you. That's so, so cool. Um, to go back to the bookmark of uh, black magic. or Yes, black magic. <laughs> so the way that I've heard this explained recently, which I really like, is the concept of nonviolence. So this is, I think, is like a core tenant of regardless of what spiritual background, religious underpinning you have with any exploration you do. There's ideally, the way that I feel it's best to approach life is to adopt a concept of nonviolence. Mm. What do I mean by that? It is the idea that you do nothing that imposes on the ability of somebody else to be themselves. So mm -hmm. black magic is essentially anything that is oriented on creating obstruction of somebody being themselves yeah. for them to make their own decisions, for them to be able to f fully express themselves. Mm. So black magic is anything done with the intent of manipulating else, somebody else's expression and their will. Mm -hmm. Even if you think that might be a positive thing, like trying to use magic to, force a client to re-sign with you or to force a specific person to be with you or anything like that. It's yeah. Interrupting their path and their, yeah. And that's where I think, you know, a lot of people, how do I put it? It's like with, because one of the things that I often hear would kind of come up around this when I speak to black magic is like, well, what about sales? Like what about when you're selling somebody something, mm. right? And you're, you're meeting them. It's like, and that is where I think ethical sales and being able to actually navigate the waters of relationship. And, you know, you've probably heard me say that word again and again, but mm -hmm. it really comes down to, to purity of intent. It's yeah. like, if I am going to create an outcome with somebody, not for someone, with somebody, is it in alignment with what it is they're actually seeking? So, you know, when we're coaching, we are engaging in a subtle mm -hmm. form of manipulation. When yes. we're working as a practitioner, it's a form mm -hmm. of manipulation. But inherently what lies under that is consent. So if there's no consent and active participation, it is black. It would be considered black magic. Yeah. And that's why, like, with clients, when I'm doing specific processes with them and we're, we're changing beliefs or whatever, I'm asking their p 
permission. I'm asking their subconscious uh, mind, do you have, do I have permission to remove, do we have permission to remove this belief? And for them to feel safety and like they're a part of it instead of me just watching those beliefs float out of them without them being ready to as well because I've even been the client where I've been asked, are you ready to let go of that belief? And I've said no. Um, so it's been powerful when I've come to the point of being like, yes, I'm ready. So, yeah, I think that's really cool because it's, you know, tempting, I guess, for some people to wanting to wanting to be the savior and jump in and just do the clearing or do whatever they want for the other person when they're not ready and then you kind of steal their journey away from them. 100% is that is that idea of um, trusting the client and mm. trusting their path. It's like if you can actually... And again, we come back to relationship. If you develop a relationship with the nature of the world, everything has its own right order. And part of the path of, of integrating the feminine is being able to surrender to the idea of there being right order. Mm. It's like, you know, a, a rose doesn't bloom ahead of its time. A baby mm. doesn't be born ahead of its time. There is a divine right order. So for us to be in argument with that, to say that we know better is often to reject the divine right order. So that's why that consent and that readiness is so key for ecology and for things to be to be in their natural cycle. And that's not to say we go completely passive because that's the other thing. Like when you said the pendulum swing, it goes, you know, me must force, do everything, it's on me. To mm. like, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to surrender. It's like <laughs> nature doesn't surrender either. It's like mm. if you've ever seen a tree strangle another tree, it's doing its thing. It's, it's about the idea that we are both integrating both. Yeah. When you relate it to nature, I love that so much because it's like hmm, you allow it to bloom in its own time. And, yeah, that's so beautiful. I love all, like, the nature analogies and stuff like that because that's what we're really working with. So cool. Um, this episode has been so awesome. I want to leave with one last question. It's kind of broad, but I love asking it because I love hearing people's people's answers. Um, what are you currently manifesting? Oh, what am I currently manifesting? Yes. I'm cur currently manifesting a house in the Northern Rivers. That is what I'm calling in. Oh, cool. Such a good spot. Where? What state are you living in now? I'm in the Gold Coast, Southern Gold okay. Coast. Cool. That's so exciting. Well, love that so much. Wow. This was such a good episode. I'm not even sure what I'm going to title it because I felt like we really touched on a lot of different, <laughs> different topics. Thank you so much. I'm going to put everything in the show notes, where to find you, but what, yeah, yeah. Instagram website, even the archetype quiz, which is really cool. I'm going to put everything in the show notes for people to find you there. Thank you, my love. So such a pleasure to be here.